0: so
1: there's a there's a lady that i work with that doesn't say either she said she she just says gif every time so that she can abstain from the debate (laughs) (laughs) that's smart
2: because in the i mean are you you guys strong believers one way or the other
1: i'm i'm the gif guy charles does it to be no, sure, I Charles, and then. Right. Charles is getting my go, and uh,
3: Chris and I argue about it, but honestly, I don't care. I don't all
2: care. Right. I, I, I just, mm. say GIF, and I, I like, this, somebody going <laughs>
3: to... I only make a big deal out of it because I think it's funny that people care so much. And
0: I don't... Yeah, it's like, come on, guys. This feels a whole lot like The Muppet Show. So welcome to Breaking the Panel, <laughs> where we talk about all the GIF and GIF stuff you can handle in the week with <laughs> Philip D. Keating abstaining. I'm Rockout podcasting Charles fall. The lovely and talented Audrey Kearns is here with us. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah, it just feels Very like that, right? Happy to be here. Oh, so good to have you back. Uh, Paul Klotz. Hey! And Chris Taunton Wisdom.
1: Yeah, I want you inside <laughs> me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Phil, how you doing today, man?
4: Oh, man, it's a great day. Everything's wonderful in my world, and I'll see you tomorrow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, uh, Audrey Kearns is a longtime friend of the network and friend of the show and friend of ours. We've all hung out at Dragon Con and and, uh, had a good time. She used to have a great show here on the network called Booze and Phasers and has done lots of talented things. And, And this past year, she has really grown geek girl authority. You may have heard us reference our articles throughout the year tell us a little bit about what's going on this last year with geek girl authority
2: yes yeah yeah. i was just telling uh a couple hours ago so um uh geek girl authority is a pop culture genre culture entertainment news site and we're independently run we're not owned by anybody do it all out of my house and have wonderful contributors from all over the country and some international contributors as well and um in December of uh, 2019 was our first year where we got, we hit 1 million visits to our site and um, we're very excited. That was a goal, but in December, I didn't think um, we were going to get there, but then, you know, shirtless like Henry Cavill witcher stuff started coming out and I started posting about that. And all of a sudden my site almost crashed because people just <laughs> couldn't get enough of Henry Cavill. <laughs> as the sorry, witcher. So I funny. have to thank him for helping me get to a million Uh, users uh, visits, but like um, we're not even halfway through February and we already have 25% of 2019's traffic, so I'm very excited about Geek Girl Authority right now.
0: So the thing about that to me is, sure, you had a a spike, but you were ready. I mean, y'all put out great content for years. Yes. And the fact that people just showed up for that thing, they stayed for all the amazing stuff. I don't know. I I drunkenly messaged you one night about uh, one of your... only ones that i remember i blacked out the rest <laughs> uh but what are, what are your uh I, I hesitate to call them staff writers one of your contributors had put out this thing about the the uh, throw a, uh, throw some gold to your witcher and all the different covers of That's right. it yeah and i was like i did not know my soul needed that i was in a dark yeah. place and i just watched every last one of them i was so happy after i was like audrey you're doing god's work Exactly. And I
2: appreciate that so much because that's yeah. when we were getting to that, that really high point. And, and one of the things um, that I have maintained through our last five years is that I just want to be a site of joy. There are other sites that you can go to to um, argue um, if we need the Snyder Cut or not and stuff like that. But Geek Girl Authority is not where we're, you know, we, we don't do that much negative stuff. We do stuff that brings us joy and stuff like that. It was so great to hear that you like those Witcher videos because we had just done um, that was one, a really high traffic one for us too. And same with all um, fan Baby Yoda videos, uh, music song or songs that came out, um, all that kind of stuff. We we, in in addition to the news, we make sure we we always find some really joyful fan fan stuff out there too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great. It is, is well run. It's, it's a great site. So everybody should check that out. And Thank it has it grown so much that just naturally on our news feeds, we'll see an uh, article. And I'll click on like Oh, what's this article? This get girl authority. It's like, holy cow. Yeah. Look at you get in that reach. Yeah. So well, really you know,
2: and, and the great thing, all I can say is about our, our last year, like uh, advice for people is just what you said earlier, uh, Charles, is to just always be prepared. You know, we were always, I've, I've had good writers, good contributors, really smart uh, folks writing for me. And I had to set up a, a good website, great web host. So when the traffic did happen, we were ready. We were able to handle it and we were able to um, keep, uh, keep some visitors coming back as well.
0: That's awesome.
2: So be prepared. Always be prepared.
0: There, <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so we got some headlines here. We can only guess about the Oscars since there's only one of us on this panel who really religiously follows all the award shows. Chris, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, it's Paul. Paul, yeah. you always like to hit the highlights of the award shows. I think you've done that since the day I've met you, Matt. Uh, what do you got for us with the Oscars?
3: Hey, listen, uh, it might not matter to the average person on the street, but among amongst the industry, uh oscar nouns matter uh so just kind of go through there were some uh pretty spicy spicy wins uh some upsets some kind of out of nowheres uh let's run through the list really quickly here uh actor in a leading role joaquin phoenix for joker uh that's that's a pretty big get for him uh, once again, Leo DiCaprio, not a chance. <laughs> you, you got your gimme, now go away.
2: Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, well, we,
3: we, we talked about it when the noms first came out a few weeks back. And I said, honestly, I felt like they gave Scorsese and DiCaprio their, they're like, here, take them. Now go away. <laughs> stop talking about the fact that we don't want to give these to you anymore (laughs) we don't want to give anymore and that was proven in uh actor in a supporting role with uh pacino and pesci both getting passed on for the irishman and instead brad pitt and once upon a time in hollywood
0: now i didn't see once upon a time in hollywood so i can't say he did a better job the irishman was okay it was Honestly, it was Al Pacino and Joe Pesci doing what they've always done, but not quite at the height of their game. You know, their Yeah, best.
2: but it was nothing new. I mean, yeah. And yeah. 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 the Irishman, I mean, yeah, okay, it's a good script, and it's great, but I've seen this before. Okay, but this time it's Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, yeah. I've seen yeah. this this game before. Um, Brad just, Pitt was really good. I mean, I, I thought all the acting categories were really tough, and, and you, you just knew Brad Pitt was going to get it just because just of where he is in his career, but he was really good. In Once Upon a Time in Hollow was a really good movie.
1: Well, and I, I think that, you know, in my opinion, The Irishman got robbed. It should have probably swept at the Oscars just because it wasn't, you know, uh, it, it wasn't a theme. The park. Emmys? You mean yeah, the it Emmys? Wasn't a, no, it wasn't the, the, it you wasn't mean the theme. It wasn't the Emmys because it was a miniseries, not the, the a Grammys. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 silly because all of these since Scorsese made the comments about you know the Marvel movies specifically I, I can kind of get where what his point is but again to to make this strong point and this and then to have uh to have his friends basically say the same thing only to you know much sterner degrees uh where uh, Coppola is concerned and then to come out and just give me Scorsese doing a Scorsese gangster flick again like so where's your growth where's your what are you adding to the
2: medium Very good point it, <laughs>
4: I mean I, I wanna agree with you, but the the man inside me that loves Wes Anderson so much can't, can't yeah. agree get yeah. and
3: but his Wes, new trailer dropped you, today and I like But Wes Anderson isn't coming out taking swings at
1: Marvel, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, or no. just yeah, other creatives in general. No, because he I mean, knows that he's gonna get that
4: job at some point and uh it's gonna be the best movie ever.
0: So is it gonna what, be
4: Uh or when, when Wes Anderson finally lands a Marvel movie.
0: Right. <laughs> Aquaman in Aquaman in Life true. Aquatic 2. Oh
5: No, no he's
0: get,
1: he's going to introduce the X Men to the MCU. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Phil is dead. Oh Dad. my god! I need that. <laughs> he just turned Philip
1: into a muppet. Oh my god! That's oh my the god! Ex, the X ex- ex- Mansion dollhouse. Oh my god! Adrian Brody
4: is going to be great, and it, Tilda Swinton's going to be great, and it, one of the Wilson brothers will be. Oh my god! I need. We well, got yeah,
2: Bill Murray and Willem Dafoe will be in it as well
4: yeah they'll they'll play the uh the aging wolverine and saber parts god damn i need that now all
0: right what's the next category paul
3: uh we got leading actress and that went to renee zellweger for judy i'm oh not familiar with that film she's
0: judy garland right yeah okay yeah, yeah
4: but i heard it was hmm.
0: i saw uh, I a clip it. of it on it was
4: camera.
2: a very uh to me it was a very paint by numbers um Biopic. On your road to a yeah, biopic on your okay. road to getting an Oscar. I mean, I i look at there's a lot I think I don't know what you fellas think, but I loved Marriage Story. I was surprised. I did not want to see that movie. Um, I was made to see that movie and I was shocked about how wonderful it was. And I think Adam Driver and, and Scarlett Johansson should have gotten their awards, the yep. awards so
3: wait did netflix send goons over (laughs) with guns (laughs) and like you will watch this you
0: (laughs) You know that maybe she's been in netflix studios and done some awesome stuff over there they're like if you want to come uh, back
2: no no it was kind of like oh god this is so terrible it was kind of like we were my husband and i were like we have to watch a movie together and do something like we were like not wanting to watch anything but we were Do you ever do oscar cramming And, and so we had gotten all the screeners because he's in the Writers Guild. So we get all the screeners, but but which is so weird. It's like, why are they sending screeners for Netflix and Amazon movies? I don't understand because...
0: You just can hit yeah. the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: but hey, I've got, I've got the DVD. Does we it still say
0: at the bottom, this is not for distribution? For just- <laughs> yeah. You better not stream this anywhere. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, it was just a really great movie. I, I thought.
0: Cool. Uh, so thinking.
3: speaking with, speaking of Marriage Story, uh, actress in a supporting role went to Laura Dern for Marriage Story. So, and that, that's another uh, category that's a little bit of a upset. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: it doesn't make, I mean, she is just, it's just, there were no surprises in the acting category this year,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um, Laura, it's one of those things, Laura Dern's part in Marriage Story was so, small, she was great, but um I was just really surprised. I thought Florence Pugh would get it for Little Women. She was really great and Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit was really fantastic as well. Um I mean Laura Dorn was great, but it was, it was just I don't know. It really I don't know. It didn't really propel the movie or, or I don't know. It's like I remember when Judy Dench won an Oscar for Shakespeare in Love, and they added her on screen time and it added up to like maybe 10 minutes or something like that. <laughs> and it's just the academy going, okay, we're going to give it to Judy Dent, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway.
3: Well, so that kind of brings up the interesting thing. Oh, well, actually, well, I'll save that. I'm putting a pin in that. Okay. We'll talk about it after we run through some of these other ones real quick, uh, because that is a conversation that we tend to have about, about the Oscars in particular. Uh, feature, f- animated feature film, which is Toy Story 4. Uh, that's a little controversial because i feel like a lot of people were saying toy story, toy story 4 was good but not well necessarily the best
0: i've seen all four out of five of these films this year i didn't see i lost my body i haven't seen that one <laughs> out of these toy story 4 was better than okay. these other ones
3: because so, i've heard i've heard yeah. a lot of praise for klaus klaus is
4: the, definitely the, the underdog black sheep that should have probably gone away with this.
1: See, and I thought
0: Missing Link was the favorite going in, wasn't it?
4: Well, it, it won the um, the Golden Globe for
5: it.
0: Okay. the, I, I, the animation of Klaus was fantastic. Uh, I just didn't the pacing of it. I didn't really care for for an animated film. Okay. Uh, okay. But 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 that's just me. I mean, it's it definitely deserved an nom. Uh, but it's Disney. I mean, Disney doesn't lose animation usually. It did a little bit this year, but not typically. Last year
4: they lost to Spider Verse.
0: Wait, well, yeah, but the, the Spider everybody lost to Spider Verse. Yeah. I mean.
4: Yeah. I mean they're they're not unbeatable. Yeah, but when you put a big franchise like a T like a Toy Story, yeah, you're you're supposed to win that. But I I was the one who said it, Paul. Um, I liked three a lot more than I liked four. Four was fine, mm-hmm. but um, three really punched me in the gut a couple times.
1: Well, so so because I haven't seen four yet. Um, is is four okay? Because three exists. Have if if three didn't exist, would four be? It'd great? be okay. Or no. would it still be okay?
0: I don't think it'd be great. Do you I, feel? It would, it would, I think th- it would
4: be great. I, I do. And I, 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 don't get me wrong. I really enjoy 4 because the message in 4 is that everybody has a place in this world no mm-hmm. matter what. You have a place. You have a family. You just don't know that that family exists yet because you, you have to look at a broader picture. Wonderful, wonderful story on that. Um, just 3 hit me harder because it's about passing the torch on. Mm-hmm. You know, letting go of something that you love so someone else could continue that love um, in a different way. And and that hit me harder than um, finding my family. Because here at the Giant Size Team Up Network, I have found I, my family. I, 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I thought we left Find you in the dumpster. Find another, another family. <laughs> <laughs> What's
3: next, uh, So, I'm... W- I would not always call out cinematography on this show just because we don't necessarily get into the weeds that much but 1917 one uh Roger Deakins I saw that film recently yes 100% uh what's remarkable about that film is that that film is cut to seem as if it's a continuous shot with one notable break the the protagonist is knocked unconscious in the middle of the film and that's that's it like it's everything is now it's not a continuous shot film obviously a 2 hour film was not shot continuously but it is the 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 cinematography and the way everything was set up was done in such a way so that everything is constantly happening you're moving with with the protagonist and i found that to be really really interesting uh you can see the seams like if you know what to look for you can see some of the panning shots where like they pan to behind a rock and you can't see anything for a moment you're like all right that's a clear cut moment where they you know where they can cut scenes together but it's it was really really well done and it creates a certain uh, and you know it's evocative like it you really feel some of the intensity and some of the more intense parts you also feel that sense of like relief in the walls like when you can catch your breath it's Hmm. Really, really well done in that regard. Uh awesome. let's see. Costume design, little women, uh directing. Okay, yeah. so the directing went who this is a really controversial one for some people. Mm. As a matter of fact, uh
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh right right wing Twitter went kind of nuts over this one.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> delightful. <laughs>
3: it's very entertaining i don't i don't i don't care which side of the aisle you might sit on politically but watching that whole thing was entertaining how dare he paul how dare he <laughs>
4: yeah that, that speaking his native tongue on my goddamn white american television how dare he
3: That south korean man if you're gonna make a movie korea. in south korea
4: you goddamn better speak english <laughs> yeah, better.
3: God uh, so, so <laughs> it, it, you bear in the lead a little He's bit hysterics. it went to parasite uh <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna try to pronounce this right i think it's just how it's spelt out but bong Jun ho
2: yeah and um people call him director bong just to director bong or is it bong see i don't know i was gonna come in with some authority and then i forgot <laughs> you're just mixing
1: up with kevin they just that's what yeah. they call kevin <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh,
1: but
3: yeah but so, they, uh, they
2: do said they do call him director bong though okay yeah i guess i don't know i was uh, yeah huge
3: upset like
2: yeah but did you guys see that movie though i
3: I haven't seen it yet but i intend to to, see
2: my god it is one of the best movies i've ever seen it's one of it is definitely one of the i have three favorite movies this year is parasite marriage story and jojo rabbit and parasite is like haven't seen ever ever seen anything like it yeah
4: and when my friend pitched it to me he was like it's Mm -hmm. the greatest movie that i cannot explain to you i was like yeah good enough good enough i I need to see it
2: yeah yeah it's got a lot going on but it's definitely however anyone explains it to you it's not going to be what you think until you get there you know and watch it the only person the only other director i thought that for me that was like um would be like uh, sam mendes i thought he was gonna for 1917 because it was such a complicated movie. Did you guys have any, did you think uh, Scorsese was going to win or anybody else?
3: No. no.
2: no, no. Yeah. I would have been shocked. I would have been mad. I think I would have turned it off and walked away.
3: (laughs) I I think it's particularly because he, you know, he stirred the muck leading into award season that there was no chance. Mm -hmm. Because I, I honestly, I think if you get into the politics of it, no matter how much of the Academy or how much of the industry might agree with what he's saying, you are now causing a lot of drama and strife for everybody in the industry because everybody's got to put out their take on it. People who are working for companies producing films like that, or those Mm -hmm. specific films are suddenly in a really awkward place.
2: Yeah. And one person just has one soundbite, like one sentence that they say wrong, that could be misconstrued. It can really Mm -hmm. like blow up someone's career. It could really blow up a project. And, but once again, you guys, Parasite was so good.
0: Right now, we okay, have to watch it. It's so good. I, it didn't. Oh my god! Just because it seems like it's a horror film, it might not it's, be. But it's not. I okay. can say that.
2: You know, it's, okay. it's like I thought I was going to see a horror movie, but it's. it's Exa- yeah. Did you, did you like Snowpiercer?
0: I didn't get to watch that one yet.
2: Okay. Did you guys like anyone? I like. I movie? like
0: movies with levels to it that you have to yeah, yeah. figure out. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's. Ew. Oh God, it's such a good
3: movie. <laughs> I Snow- watched it. Snowpiercer was a, an interesting film.
2: Uh-huh.
3: When I watched it, I was like, I really liked the premise of it. I liked everything that was happening, and then the end, I was just like, Oh, we're done. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so that was my little, only. Yeah, my it did only a little issue. Little
2: wackadoo towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> it did. But it you was
3: know. it was still a really well made film, and it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. The, the the buzz was that Parasite was the film to watch going in, but I don't think anybody, you know, I'm going to jump to, it also got best picture and also got best uh, international foreign film, mm-hmm. which is insane. So he got director, mm-hmm. best picture, best international. That's insane. That is yeah. crazy. That yeah. should speak to the, yeah. you know, that should be a testament to the quality of this film. Uh, if it's not on your list to check out, it should probably be because for it to sweep, that hard is really, really, especially as a foreign language film. Oh yeah, really incredible.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, it was, it was, it's never been done before. it's it was amazing. Yeah. And you can uh, see from all the pictures of him that night he just seemed a little stunned, you know.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs>
2: you know, and it was delightful.
3: We were talking about this in the pre-show, but there's a couple of, uh, of images from from the show of him at various points one is when he gets the first one he's just looking at it and on i love there's a gift going around of it and it just looks amazing because he's like so happy and then he just kind of looks up at the camera and is like (laughs) and then later on he's got two of them and he's making them kiss (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't think anybody's watching but he's like oh of course they're watching uh it's just amazing And, and that's like i think there's a certain joyfulness you know to him and that kind of came through, and I think that was really remarkable. I'm just going to breeze through a couple of others here. Uh, original score went to Joker. Uh, original song went to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man.
0: It's nice to see Elton John and Bernie Taupin are, are winning awards again, even if it is for his own biopic. Yeah, but
3: he
4: wrote a new song
3: for it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's a new song, and it's great. So you know, It is kind of weird that he
3: wrote a new song for his own for biopic. No, 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 <laughs> no.
4: As the leader of the gay mafia, that is the only thing that you are allowed to do for your own biopic.
5: (laughs)
3: That's the most Elton John move of all Elton John
4: moves, man.
3: (laughs) Uh, Production design went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Short film went to Hair Love.
4: Yay.
2: Oh, that's so good.
3: Yay. And he predicted
4: (laughs) that he'd win the Oscar back on Twitter when he first pitched it.
3: Sound editing. Sound editing went to Ford uh, versus Ferrari. Now, the only reason I call this one out is again, 1917 was nommed for this. Also, the sound, it, the cinematography, and the sound—it's like the the actual craft of filmmaking was really important in watching 1917, and it added a lot to the film. The performances were great. The you know the the story was good. The performances were great, but the the ambiance was everything, and the people doing the craft on that film were killing it like absolutely incredible stuff sound mixing went to 1917 visual effects 1917 and uh so adapted screenplay jojo rabbit taika
2: that was so exciting i was really happy to see that that's a really great movie Mm -hmm. and um, i loved his speech his speech was great as well
3: I haven't seen all the speeches. Great. I got I to gotta circle back around and catch the highlights because I, I oh man, I find the award show itself so tedious that I can't watch it.
2: Well, he gave a, um, you know, he's a, a a big activist and advocate for indigenous peoples indigenous. in the arts and everything. And, and he gave a very inspirational speech about, um, you know, if he could get there as an ind- indigenous person, other people can too. Yep. And, um, yeah.
4: I love that he stored it like he was on an airplane under the seat in front of him after he got back to his house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was so happy. There was only one award that I cared about, and it was Tyka's category. Mm-hmm. So to see that go home with him, I was so thrilled. And then to yeah. listen to his speech, it was beautiful. Um, nobody knows this, but the, the guys. Remember, I have that friend that uh, grew up in the same village as him down in D.C., and I'm excited now to go, uh, go back to DC and talk to her because she, she worked on Eagle vs. Shark and a couple of other uh, movies that he put out. So I'm excited to actually sit down and have a conversation with her and all this because her and, and Tycho work mm-hmm. hand in hand a lot. So I'm, I'm sure she was like, uh, like Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch, you know, running <laughs> up and down. Uh, oh yeah, there. Were,
2: um, we have a, a column on Geek Girl Authority called Indigenous Wire. My contributor uh, Noeta Hard is um, is Native American, and so she does this uh, biweekly column on um, ind- Indigenous peoples in the arts and stuff like that. And awesome. she was in tears, you know. Yeah. Is it's, it's a really big deal, you know. I can't feel that as a white person, you know, but I can definitely see. And she wrote she wrote up something really quick for Geek Girl Authority, and it was it's our biggest. Um, story of the week on
1: That's his speech
2: awesome. and everything. Yeah. It's very inspirational to a lot yeah,
1: of people. It, it was, a, I was excited when he won his speech was, I mean, it was ex- inspiring to indigenous peoples and it just made me like, it made me a little sad on the inside though, too, for those past, like Sherman Alexie, like he, he jumped right, right to the forefront of my mind. I'm just like, Oh mm-hmm. man, you were just just a few years, just a mm-hmm. few years out. But I mean, it's good because it's showing progress in at least one facet of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of the Oscars and change. Um, and change, change is incremental and it's probably yeah best to be at times. Um, but it's good to see things going in the right yeah, direction and the at are, one absolutely. point.
2: Absolutely. But the thing to remember is, is the product though, is, is as well as, is, is Jojo Rabbit. It is a fantastic oh, yes. movie. Yes, it you is. Know? So, you know, it's, it's not a gimme. It's not, no, no. it's like earned and, and, and it was the whole, the, all of it was just really, really, really cool, mm-hmm. you know? I really like that movie. Did you, everyone see that one?
1: Kim yet. and I just watched. No, Kim and I just watched it the other night. So good, so good. She it's... wasn't. She wasn't ready for the the scene that you know that I'm referring to. It caught her off guard. Oh yeah. Just like just like him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, and the last category to talk about was Original Screenplay, which also went to Director Bong for Parasite so,
2: Wow, what a big night for him yeah, yeah, Director,
3: awesome. Best Picture Best Foreign Picture oh And yeah. the Original Screenplay uh, And that was a stacked category Because that category was Knives Out, Marriage Story 1917, Once Yeah. Hollywood Parasite, that was a really strong category It's the, the Academy seems to Occasionally find a film that they're like we will elevate this to the top (laughs) and like essentially every category that it could possibly win, it will win. And in this case, that seems to be true. And it's, I'm not saying it's not deserved. It's just, it's so incredible that if we talk about like international filmmaking, you know, South Korea is still such an emerging market, if you will, like it's, Mm -hmm. we've had a few breakouts over the years, but for the most part, not making big waves, internationally but suddenly that could change you know so this is really exciting Uh, i think this is you know in the same way that we were just talking about how taika's win is inspirational for indigenous peoples i think parasite is going to be really inspirational for southeast asia and just there are going to be filmmakers in japan and south korea and who knows where else thinking i can potentially make a film that's going to make a big enough splash that people around the world will see it
2: yeah yeah
3: celebrate it one last
2: thing about a uh, taiko winning though was like he he just i loved him winning a, an oscar in front of martin scorsese oh, you you know? really? <laughs> 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 it's Like I can direct a marvel movie and then come up here and get my oscar, dude
3: <laughs> i mean everybody knows you do the big money project that allows you to get the backing exactly. to do that. exactly exactly yeah. Absolutely, the Flare project, so absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, that about wraps it up there uh there were also a couple documentaries uh most people don't care about documentaries, but uh Delphine in chat calls out um the uh the one about the skater girls the short form one, so that's supposed mm. to be quite good yeah it's uh yeah it, this was an interesting year, uh but yeah, the controversy around parasite uh was really funny because it was so absurd and uh apparently the the big pundit weird. who initially tweeted and got everybody like talking about it i don't think that they realize that the oscars and the academy aren't strictly focused on american
2: yeah production i don't think they realize a lot of things
4: uh, <laughs> aren't they a blaze I contributor everything, so. everything miss
3: <laughs> yes they are a blaze contributor so that's so i a just yeah fun. i was gonna say the,
5: the
4: I read
3: width and all breadth these of things they're not
1: aware of <laughs> <laughs> right bart oh no wow
0: all right let's move, <laughs> no. let's move on to, to another yeah. one here uh
1: so, I, you know but i think on the oscars the big takeaway is netflix just stop trying they do not respect you as as a legitimate studio it's period uh, i don't know if they
3: need to stop trying i do think that grabbing Ooh. somebody like scorsese isn't enough like you can't just be like Marty, come come make the same film you've made fifteen times already.
4: Marriage Stories was on Netflix. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. and Marriage Story got noms. noms. Like lots well, no, I, I mean, nom, yeah, there nom, were
1: lots that got noms, but it's when when you're looking for the, I mean, you get Laura Dern and you had some of the others, but I it, don't know. it just it's. I think if the Academy was
3: slamming the door in the face on streaming services, those noms wouldn't even have happened.
1: I
4: mean Kate. that Casey Affleck movie won Best Picture a couple of years back, and that was that was an Amazon movie. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, that was an Amazon. Though. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like they still don't give give the streaming services their due. And I mean, it's you see it because they haven't changed the rules. They're, they still have to get you know theater showings to be if they right. was if they, if yeah, they were they if they were to, yeah, yeah if they were truly sh- you know going to el- show an elevation mm-hmm. in their respect for this for for these producers or for this you know. Uh, for this method of delivery, they would, they would allow that now. I think it's been long enough for them to make those, uh, that change. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that one rule is a little absurd now, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the home entertainment systems, people can get if they have the money to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it, the, the, you know, make sure you're in select theaters for this amount of time rule is kind of a bit outdated.
1: Absolutely. Especially when Disney's edging you out of all those. Th- I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Is it really edging if they just buy up the theater, right. <laughs> or just demanding
1: that the theater well, show like Dom yeah. Sub yeah. less yeah. Edging, yeah. So.
3: The, the Bugs Bunny cr- comes in from off, yeah, you know, off stage and just yanks you out.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this next one I brought in for Chris uh, just to actually get your real take on it, but Superman's so metal. He's so metal right now. It's so awesome. Uh, but no, there's, a, there's been a series, the Dark Knight's Metal from DC Comics, and Superman's the next one to get the treatment. Chris, I didn't know if you knew about this, and if you did, I wanted to get your hot take on it.
1: I, I mean, I saw the the headline just like you did. I, I really like Dark Knight's Metal. It was cool. I had my issues with... With the the dark multiverse and them acting like it's another reality when the DC universe already has the multiverse. I don't understand. If you're just adding more universes to a multiverse, isn't it still just an established multiverse? Whatever. I guess I can't wrap my head around the science behind that. Um, it's just another look for Superman. It's, it's going to come down to the writing. It's going to come down to the story they tell. Just, just changing the look of Superman to change the look of Superman. Obviously, it didn't work that well in New 52. I was not a big fan of it when Dan Jurgens tried to resurrect the, the Superman red-blue dynamic back in the what, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with changes to Superman. I just you, your storytelling has to be compelling. And it, that goes that goes across the board for any established comic book character. Don't just make a visual change just to make a visual change and then tell me a shitty story. Um, well, you know, I've, a lot of people still have issues with Superman having the mullet after the return. As I, I don't care. You just gave him long hair. He was still he still looked the same. He was still <laughs> the same person that he was. Um but
0: yeah, well, I mean, this just looks like an old Danzig poster to me. It's, yeah, honestly. It does, it looks, yeah. I mean, it does. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean and why Why? I'm not being nitpicky. I, I'm actually curious. Why does Superman have a metal arm and then a version of metal knuckles on that metal arm? I mean, you're Superman, right? Still, the powers are the same, right? That's how it works. Well, we'll see. Okay. I mean, it might not work the same, huh?
1: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, if you have a metal arm with super strength behind it, it's gonna hurt that much more when you have, you know, some sort of metal knuckles. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the knuckles are already metal. No, but it's a, it's a more metal.
2: In the article. More metal. <laughs> in the article, doesn't it doesn't the person writing the article that we um that you guys sent out isn't they they said the arm was um stone. Are they wrong?
0: It looks like it could be stone. I don't yeah, maybe know. It's, uh,
2: I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Everything. So everything's fun.
0: guessing right now because uh, yeah. Snyder just dropped this teaser. Is all it really is. Uh, yeah.
2: uh, I like the Wonder Woman with the the chain sword, but they kept making me think of Ash from Evil Dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so. All right, well, that's that. So that was the Superman. This next one, I titled Birds of Prey, P-R-A-Y, because Birds of Prey gets a new title after crashing at the box office. is the headline, right? And I called it Prey because WB be crucified and them bitches before they get a chance. It ain't right. Yeah. So we got to pray for them. But yeah, Birds of Prey is now going to be called, which was the official titles, Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous... Fantabulous
2: Emancipation of Harley
0: Quinn. Thank you. And now it's going to be just listed as... Harley Quinn colon birds of prey. Yeah.
2: Um, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's um, we, everyone was just calling it birds of prey anyway. I mean, I guess they're trying yeah. to get the Harley Quinn name in there for, for that kind of recognition, but nobody was, uh, was calling it by their, the full title anyway. So it sounds like, um, Harley. Stu- uh, executives at the studio panicking because I know it didn't fulfill the numbers that they wanted, but they still made, They made their. They've made their money back on how much the film costs to make already, and I think going into this weekend. And I am not an expert at all, but I'm just thinking that you know it's a big date weekend coming up with Valentine's Day for those who do stuff like that. Um, I mean, that's such a great date movie. I mean, to me, yeah, isn't it a uh,
1: movie about how you don't need your significant other? Yes,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and loving yourself. I mean, there are breakups that are going to happen in the theater. You're going to hear about it all over. I don't need this asshole. <laughs> I want to no, fight to break out. I mean, I, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's a set piece at the end, this this fight at the end that is so incredibly well choreographed and, and beautiful to watch. I would just wish that would happen at a theater somewhere where people yeah. are just breaking up with each other. <laughs> you know? No, but it, you're right. I didn't even think of that when I said it's a good date movie, but it is about <laughs> That's
1: hilarious it's, it's weird, it though, really the, the the critics and the audience, you know, finally get get on the same page as far as Rotten Tomatoes are concerned, oh, yeah. as far as as far as a DC movie is concerned yeah. and, and to see it not do as well as it, it likely should. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's, you know, people are hedging their bets just because they've been disappointed enough by DC films, yeah. going you know, thus far. It's a shame because, you know. Uh, For Margo, this has been as every bit the passion project as Deadpool was for Ryan and when you see when you see an actor you know put themselves yeah. that much into not just not just the role but the, the on the production side of it because it's a project they believe in and they want to do well yeah. and then and then they don't get that reciprocation but i back. can't
2: help but to think this is going to be a slow burn movie yeah. i can't help i could be yeah. completely wrong obviously but i can't help but to think that this is going to be a movie whether even what maybe when it comes out on blu-ray but even in the theaters i think people are going to keep going cuz it is there is no statement being made in this movie, which I think uh, some people are, are trying to say there's some kind of statement because it's no female cast, but it's just a really well-made movie. It's very fun. Margot Robbie is so incredibly good as, as Harley Quinn, and there's new characters in there that do, do so well. I just, I don't know. I, it's one of the better DC movies, I think. That I've seen,
0: mm-hmm. you know. And it, even it before it. we got on the air, now this comes from the New York Post, and I'm going to reference that here in a second. But we talked about how it's just dropped at a weird time, you know.
2: That was another thing I was going to say, yeah. Charles. It, it's a you know the second week in February is a very weird time, or first week in February is a very weird time to release a movie. I don't, right? Yeah, Isn't that like I, a slow time.
0: It, it is. There's not hardly anything out there I want to go see anyway. I do want to uh-huh. see this. I want. I want to take my family to go see this movie. We've been we've been looking forward to. It. But we're it's. If you have kids in school, it's really busy right now with all kind of stuff going on with after school events, and work, you know, where wherever And this work, certainly yeah, isn't weird. a kid's
2: movie, you know. Yeah, well
0: it's on my kids' <laughs> yeah. movie. I've taken them to see all the 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 hero is, villain films. Well if your kids
2: were able to if if, your kid, if you're okay with your kids seeing Deadpool then you're
0: okay oh, yeah, with it. Yeah, oh, and yeah. then they they can yeah. see
2: this, yeah, for sure. You know, which was opened in February as well and did much better. But.
4: Valentine's Day.
0: But it was yeah. on Valentine's oh, Day. Valentine's I think you're right. Yeah. I think this weekend is going to boost. Yeah, this, yeah, this weekend could potentially I boost wish. it quite a
4: bit. Oh, I don't know. They're going up against such heavy hitter movies as Sonic the
2: Hedgehog. <laughs> oh dear.
4: And <laughs> Fantasy Island.
0: So. so I mean, Blumhouse Fantasy pull. Island.
2: That's a good poll. If you had a significant other and you were forced to go see a movie, which of those three would you want to see?
0: or harley quinn
2: the,
1: yeah you, you know you know what though like i where sonic's concerned it really needs to do fucking gangbusters because you, you finally see a studio bend to the will of the audience right, right. you know and right. if and, and if this doesn't pay off for it's gonna be a long time before hollywood uh-huh. listens to fans hey guess what <laughs> it won't it's not going to <laughs> no pay it's all. gonna it's gonna do 1. <laughs> 1. 1.3 billion trillion dollars this weekend
3: there
0: you go chris i like you i like you I
1: like, in, but
4: in china it's gonna
1: collect in the
3: states it's gonna collect 1.3 billion dollars and then bump into an enemy and drop all of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but the reason i reference the post is the a, a quote from the article here says the post own film critic declared the movie the funniest comic book film since deadpool in 2016 you know and the post kind of notoriously hard on Mm-hmm. superhero films villain films. what do you want to call this i did think though i get the illustrious title right i get that she was going somewhere with it but from a marketing standpoint when i heard it, i was like I'm, I'm just gonna be honest american audiences are dummies for the most part we're stupid and they're gonna go i don't know what that is but you put harley quinn Birds of prey on it they're gonna get that if they, I'm not saying they should have changed it now I said you should have given them a chance, but I think you should have started with yeah. that honestly I
2: think I think you got a point there Charles and I think your point is is you know like they should have started with that you know when so, they come you know they kind of look a little silly yeah you know backpedaling now you know it's like uh we were talking earlier about uh, edge of tomorrow you know the way they Live, change, try to change that to live, die, repeat. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. and I still call it Edge of Tomorrow. I've never yeah. called it live, die, repeat.
0: I got confused it's- at what it actually is called when I saw the post. <laughs> I know, like, supposed
2: well, to we well,
1: call it? Yeah. And I guess so. If if all of the if all of the pressers that had gone out and all of the advertisements gone out about this movie prior to. And every teaser trailer had only been in print and we never saw a single image or a single trailer that was full of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I mm-hmm. could almost say, yes, you're right. American people are stupid and they would never get that. But mm-hmm. because they're stupid, they don't read. They need to be shown things. And there has yet to be a poster, an article, a, a teaser trailer that it doesn't have Harley Quinn front and center. Okay. So, but I mean, obviously, it's not, not like they. It's not like they buried the lead of Harley Quinn being <laughs> That's the point of this movie. Okay. But even but- here on Rotten
4: Tomatoes, she,
3: she is front right. and center. Right?
0: I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing but that. Right. that. I, I, but true. you the guys thing are,
3: about that. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I would say you guys have obviously not dealt with secondary adult education or. We deal with you. Or the fact (laughs) 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 it's it's people, dude. I get blown away by how stupid somebody can be. You say, you know, they just don't get it. People just don't get it. I, I think that they could have started that way, and then we would have seen. But I think changing it now is a a hard shift. Because and you're right, she's on the poster everywhere. People just don't pay attention, dude. I'm telling you, I stood in front of a class of adults just the other night and said, this card I'm holding up, I took it from a student. This is the one you use. This one that looks 100% different, put it away. Don't use it. At least two out of those 20 students used the wrong damn card.
1: Uh, That is my daily life in the Army, man. So you
3: get it.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, you get it. Brad Klotz, you have a point.
3: Uh, Well, yeah, so Birds of Prey is not a tip of the tongue household name for anybody but hardcore dc fans that's true like like people who watched like btas and stuff they will be aware of the concept people who read the comics Mm -hmm. will be aware of it It, you're you're transitioning off of suicide squad with harley you're picking up where that left off you're supposed to your emphasis is on harley you should have led with Harley. Like you could have been like Harley Quinn and the birds of prey or uh, the title that they have now. When you get this really wordy addendum at the end of your, your birds of prey title. Cause that's the other thing. Everybody's going to think of what shows up on the marquee. You know, when you walk into the theater, what's showing up on that board uh, as the things you can see. Most people I think go to the movie theater with what they're going to see in mind, but some people don't. <laughs> some people yeah. walk in and go, Hey, we've got some time to kill. What do we want to watch? And Birds of Prey was probably not the best choice. But I do agree with what you're saying, Chris. Like, she's been all over all of the advertising. Everybody knows that this is the Harley Quinn movie. Huh. I think it came out at a weird time. I think the naming thing is a little bit weird. I think the throwing Harley Quinn up will just make it easier for people to make sure they're walking into the right theater for their film. Yeah. Uh, this is, I agree with Audrey with what you're saying. I think this is going to be a slow burn type thing that's going to gain momentum. I honestly think the big thing right now, if everybody remembers when Aquaman came out, people were reluctant and then they heard word of mouth was like, it's not, you know, it's not infinity war, but it's not bad. It was fun. And so people started to go see it and it did. Okay. Actually it did great. I think it broke a billion, didn't it? Yeah, it
0: did pretty well. for Right.
3: And so similar things kind of happened with venom again, like, ah, it's not great, but it's fun. And that movie had insane numbers. I think, these comic films coming out of properties that don't have a really established loyalty right now, where people know that it's probably going to be pretty great, are going to struggle. And so they just need to be patient. Uh, this early pivot is probably just to make it clear what people are trying to see. But it they should have True, done that from the beginning.
4: But I also don't want the reason that this movie succeeds is because they... You know, like Audrey was saying, if this is a slow burn movie and it makes money over time because it is a good film and people recognize it, I just don't want mm-hmm. the executives to be like, "Well,
0: we were right, job go- done. You can't yeah.
4: do- can nailed it. You, you can't, can't avoid what it. Happens.
0: There, you can't avoid that. Now, there's no way I, we will know never we know. I yeah. know
4: we can't. Um, and that's yeah. what I'm kind of annoyed about. And I don't want yeah. it to. It's okay. All right. So it's not okay, but it's happening with this. If this actually happens, what I don't want to happen is have this be a trend. And other industries start saying, "Well, my movie's not working out, so let me just tweak this title real
2: quick yeah. yeah
4: you know these go through focus groups they go through executives they go through writers, they go through rewriters, they go through a bunch of people this like everyone has been saying should have been caught when the script or or when the first screenings went out to people
3: and we had talked about before edge of tomorrow." I would argue that their their attempted quick pivot on edge of tomorrow to change the title is what really hurt it even further. Like Mm -hmm. it made it more confusing. Like when you go to the theater, when you watch the previews on television or the internet or wherever, and you see Tom Cruise is in this future war alien type movie with Emily Blunt, like you're, and you think, Oh, it says edge of tomorrow and you go into the theater and it's, I forget exactly what it is. Something kill repeat live die, die repeat die. live yeah. die repeat. Right? Okay. You're going to be like, wait, is that? That's not what I just saw a trailer for. Yeah, or you're going to you see the follow up marketing for that film in the the theater you go to didn't update to the new branding or what Like, it just causes chaos. And it yeah. and, you know, see, and that's, that's where I think film too. Sorry, and that's first.
1: that's where I think your marquee argument would come into because you're going out as you said, going to see Edge of Tomorrow. You're going to drive by your local theater, look at the marquee. Oh, it's not showing here. Move people right along. Rolling, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I
0: don't know. People are just going to get confused on what to torrent to watch this at home. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know. uh, Tom Cruise action movie.
3: Margot Robbie yeah. Harley Quinn smash stuff.
1: The odds
0: of you getting <laughs> that, the animal.
3: That's different poll.
1: The odds <laughs> of you torrenting the animal porn you didn't ask for just went up exponentially <laughs> when they changed the names.
0: At <laughs> uh, this, we got two more with This is the last one I brought. I called it Kermit Pool because not, the same not people not frog pool? Not, not frog pool, no. Not frog <laughs> come pool. On, man. Kermit, you
3: had it. You were you were this close. Why no,
0: why frog pool? Cuz that doesn't get the point that the Muppets filmmaker isn't tossed to direct Ryan Reynolds and Clue. And so Ryan Reynolds is producing the 20th century adaptation of the classic board game Clue, which I think we knew about uh, I I Honestly, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his dumb humor. I'm a fan of the dumb movies he puts out, all the Deadpool stuff, uh, Six Underground. Uh, But Rhett Weiss, Paul Wernick, uh, who also wrote Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Six Underground are writing the script for Clue. And they did
2: the first Zombieland as well.
0: There you go. So, yeah, James Bobbin, who uh, directed the most recent Muppets movies for Disney, is in talks right now to direct this film. I don't know how I feel he about that. So. On,
2: he also worked on Flat of the Concords, which is mm. fantastic. If you guys okay. are fans of that, you know. So he's Fair got it. comedy chops. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm excited about seeing Clue again, but because um, I love the one that came did, out. Did we, not,
4: did we not nail it the first time? Yeah. I know
2: that's no,
0: the absolutely nailed it
2: the first so time. good. I mean, <laughs> it's so good. Why are we yeah. doing they, it again? They were that, so concerned
1: with, with if they could remake it. They never asked themselves, should they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: it's
2: yeah. I mean, that's. Exactly. A, that's sounds just like you got a good. Sorry, go no, ahead. no, take it, Audrey. Oh no, no, I was just. You take it. All right. Um, oh,
1: that's not the first time he's heard that this week. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> you take it. Get out. That's what that sounds like.
4: On on paper, this sounds like a good idea. Um, that first movie, though, crafted my comedy really. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and, and a bunch of other films. So I'm just. I hold it so high up that I'm just. Yeah, a tinge nervous about yeah. not not ruining what I had. Of course not. You can't right. with a new property. It doesn't ruin my memory of the original. I can still have that. I just don't know if it it needs it. Um, but I'm willing to yeah. give it a shot. And if it's not for me, it's not for me. And I still have the original. But I don't know. I'm just a little nervous.
2: Yeah, I think what you said. I think that's what I was going to say. It's like on paper, it's great. I mean, you know, we like Ryan Reynolds. We like Brett. Reese and, and, and his partner and um, but for people that are my age that you know really loved clue when they were kids um, I don't know why do it It's still um, good it's a movie that holds up
0: holds up yeah I'm gonna play I'll play Little, Little Devil's Advocate is clue. I, and my old kids have watched. It. I made sure I'm a good parent. I've made sure that they've watched the original, and you, you make Still sure you, you get all those back, those, those different endings there. But there's a lot of stuff in the film that is generational, right? That is different for my kids today. They don't know what a damn dial-up phone is. They don't know your phone can go out when the storm comes. They, and it didn't take away from the movie. But I think if you do it now, it's going to land with a generation that probably never even saw Clue. And maybe those that did would yeah, identify it with it more. I still think that's, I'm going to enjoy the first one more. You, but That's you know, bad you just, parenting.
4: That's bad parenting, but we already knew <laughs> that he was a bad parent. You know, that just made me think of not Clue, but the third installment of Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. How are they going to do that with a phone booth these days? I, right, I don't know right. why that just dawned on me. It's going to be yeah. a Verizon
0: store that just tells sore moves. <laughs> you know, it's going
1: to be a bit inside the movie, yeah. but it's, uh, huh. Yeah. So, uh, the thing that's got me the most worried about Bill and Ted's three was the Super Bowl ad. When uh-huh. he comes out of the phone booth and he does this, and old Ted or old Bill's just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you really forget how to do it? Are you that out of practice? Oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, how are you not doing that in front of your mirror every morning?
2: <laughs> uh,
0: my only concern with the new clue is, you know, why don't we have Brian D. Bradley writing on this thing? That's what I want to see. Oh, right.
2: He That'd would love fun. that. Yeah, he's too busy trying to get stuff on TV <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and succeeding. I know there's a project y'all put out on Netflix that. Uh,
2: oh, he—that's he, uh, not yeah. his project. He—he he worked on a project with the Big Show. Phil um, left, and came back. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, it was his big
0: Big's house or the big house.
2: The Big Show. The big Show. Big show. It's the Big Show. It's a family show. It's like a '80s kind of sitcom um, thing, and it's it, it's super fun. Like if you have really young kids, I are really into WWE and everything and he was really cool to meet because um I'm you know with no shoes on I'm six feet tall and he just towered over me he's I mean, he'd tower over you, oh, you know yeah yeah I've seen that? him in
0: person once and yeah. he's like
2: he's seven feet I believe you know my brother's <laughs> six nine six ten and he'd be, you know yeah. I'm not used to ha- having people taller than my brother
1: Audrey like, looked straight at Brian when she first met big show and said why can't you make me feel like this <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling things right now that I've never been able to feel before. <laughs> uh, we
5: were, my computer we were, we glitched out, our, and
4: we I have the, no idea what I just walked into. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we were in our, our backyard, and um, we're, we have a deck, and Brian stood up on the deck, and we gave each other a hug, and I was just like, "Can we just just stay here for?" A few <laughs> up, and I was just like, "He's like, what? No, no, so just this is what it's like to put your head on somebody's uh, shoulder nice. in the movies."
1: Uh, Kim, Kim's only three inches taller than me, but yeah, she—I'm pretty sure she would love them. Yeah, but the sorry, too. <laughs> Well, they are—they're getting close. <laughs> uh,
0: now, who brought uh, the return of the great white dope?
1: I did. Now,
4: as we all know, the beloved "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" is getting a, a, a reboot, and uh, it's not hitting Disney Plus. It's actually going right to theaters. And as hard as Disney tried to keep this to the to the proverbial mouse chest. Uh, it, it leaked out pretty immediately <clears throat> that Rick Moranis is signed on and is coming back to cinema. Nice. Um, I'm a big Rick Moranis fan. You know, suddenly Seymour decided that he wants to come back and play, um, and I couldn't be more happy for it. <laughs> um, with with Ghostbusters coming out in, ju- uh, in July, uh, I I don't know. I I can one can hope, but to see uh, that he. Has publicly come out, or has leaked out, that he's he's willing to return to uh, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." I'm just happy. I'm I'm happy. I understand yeah. why he left the industry. Yep. I understand that he did the right thing. And with him coming back and doing the McKenzie Brothers a couple years ago for charity, charity, I was happy to hear that. And I'm I can't wait um, because I enjoyed my little nerd i enjoyed him a lot he played that character well he was wonderful on sc tv and he's just a wonderful human and uh, i'm excited to see him throw his his uh his hat back in yeah. the the ring to come back to the industry and hopefully this is the start of a great late stage career and and we can have him playing goofy characters uh, for a little bit and if not enjoy it while we can and uh and ship him right back up to the maple farm up north.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was actually talking about this uh, with my wife not that long ago because the public reasons he left. Now, we don't know the whole story. Maybe there's other stuff that isn't talked about. The public reason is his wife got sick. Uh, He left to be with her and the kids. She passed away, so he stayed home to raise the kids. Well, at this point, his kids are grown right now he might not want to come back but if that was the only thing holding him back this is the perfect opportunity for him to come back the world would, would embrace him with open arms the geek world would absolutely and we okay. will if, if this is true and this is happening <coughs> shut up and take my money you know we're down
4: <laughs> but like with with this this relaunch or rebirth of of honey i shrunk the kids they got the original director of joe johnson to come back Josh Gad is signed on, so I, I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously, I'm going to go see it anyway. Uh, you don't but,
1: care that poor Nick doesn't get to reprise a role that he hasn't played since
4: 2010. Mm, uh, well, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't. But um, you know what? I'll, I'll original send director
1: him. and dad and poor Nick Zelensky gets gets left out in the cold. And you're okay with that? Uh, well, you a, know what? You're a horrible I'll send, person. I'll
4: send him a <laughs> I'll send him one of those edible arrangements um, <laughs> just to help him out a little bit.
2: But I'm just happy when you say edible arrangement. well, it depends on the state that he
4: lives in. (laughs) 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 Let's be honest. They won't leave this house if they're those edibles. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm just happy. You know, it's always nice to have a little bit of news that everyone can come around and be like, yeah, that's dope. Good on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. So stick around. We've got a great roundtable planned. Mike here,
3: editor-at-large at at the Giant Size Team-Up Network. Patreon.com slash breaking the panel. That's where you go to support the show. We know you like to listen in, but will you support? A lot of your fellow listeners do, and we deeply appreciate it. All the way deep down in Phil's grinchy little heart. One of the perks you get by supporting us on Patreon is behind-the-scenes access to the show every week. We record, on average, about a half hour before we start the show.
1: Then we record everything we talk about during the mid-show break and the post-show wrap-up. And you know you want to be in on that. It gets weird sometimes. And the only place you get that kind
3: of access is at patreon.com slash paddle. Support us if you can.
1: Any amount is perfect. And any minute now, we'll get back to the second half of the show.
2: See ya!
0: all right everybody we're back and we're back just in time to say goodbye to the lovely audrey kearns
2: i've gotta go thanks for having me gentlemen
1: thanks for Thank being you. with us
2: you... i was happy to bring some estrogen yes to your hour <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: and the, the height it's nice to have somebody my height yes. instead of these midgets that i'm always with <laughs> know. you know it's, it's so good rule. Yeah. where where can they find you on the web audrey
2: Um, At Audrey Kearns, it's K-E-A-R-N-S on Twitter and Instagram. Well, Instagram with an underscore. As we know, some Irish woman took that one. (laughs) Please check out geekgirlauthority.com. You can follow Geek Girl Authority on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well for all your nerd-breaking news and genre and fun stuff. And that's it.
0: There you go. Lots of awesome stuff. Check her out. And Audrey will have you on way sooner than this time this last time it took no, you please do so, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. all
2: right guys have a great evening
0: thank, thank you
2: Bye uh...
0: all right i got
4: a i got a really funny story about her husband that we'll talk maybe uh if we get him on in okay. a couple weeks
0: so now i've got to adjust the camera down this profile because the the camera's not it's just not working for some reason so i'm going to do that uh while we jump into the, the round table, and I, it, Paul, you want me to set up since I kind of suggested, or you, yeah, are yeah, welcome. go ahead and set up. But uh, uh, yeah, Charles
3: is going to fix the, uh, try to fix stuff with the stream. So, yeah, I'll, he's I'll going to
0: try. going to try. try. <laughs>
1: Let's
3: not uh,
0: say he'll do it. I'm sorry. Which one of you two white dopes can run the show without me? So, that's what the, <laughs> you're not one of the two <laughs> he's not one of the two listen you ah. all right so the round table the birds of prey right I, I brought this as hoping audrey can stay in and really give her opinion on it uh but she does have to run she's got a lot of stuff she's got to take care of uh this week busy awesome lady there but uh she did approve of this beforehand uh because i ran it by her but birds of prey right it didn't do great in the theaters. Nothing's doing majorly great in the theaters this, this week or this month right now. Uh, but instantly shifted title, panic mode through the rest of the, the media world. And, oh, look, after the horrible outcome, blah, blah, blah. My question is, would this have happened on a male-driven, same type of film, hero film? Or you could say any film. But would they have gone? Oh, it's just a low weekend, like Deadpool. If Deadpool come out, hit eighty-four million in the first weekend, made its money back. Would they have gone? Oh, we need to change this to dude in the red suit cuts people. You know, that's my question. Is it being treated panicky because it's a female-driven hero movie?
1: So I I don't disagree that it's that there's there's an element to panic to it, but the the problem, I, like I don't think they would have changed the it's different circumstances because in that in that instance like the, the name is what you think this one should have been called was Harley. I mean that was called Deadpool. If it was called if it was called slice and dice red man and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the never ending joke stream then maybe yeah you could see that. But <laughs> Method Man. Red yeah. man and method man Come on. So, huh? but no I, I I think there's I think there's an element to that which yeah, I I would agree with that. I think there's they 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 want to have an answer to why it's underperforming and that's what they're that's what they're going to go with. Um so they they want to have something to blame that doesn't have anything to do with outside outside factors. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just an odd week to release. It's just been it's been slow. They they want to they want to change something about it without having to I, I don't know.
4: Could it also be that um, it's a DC movie and uh, they kind of, even though the last couple DC movies have been well-received and and liked and has made money and even the ones that are kind of shitty uh, still make money, but they, they panicked because it didn't have a hero or a villain's name in the title. That's my question. Because you have all these uh, superhero, or let's say antihero, or villain films come out, and every one of them of all time ever has had the name of the main character, or the lead character, or the group, literally right. in the title.
1: Right. Well, it's but not then
4: called it's not called Age of Ultron; it's called The Avengers: Age of Ultron.
1: Right, but this and, is called Birds of Prey, and well, so I mean, so right, when you're talking you're right, group, you're right,
4: you're right, you're right. I, I forgot that Bruce a worked
1: because I don't read DC comics. You're, 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 you're focusing, behind, you're focusing on everything after the colon, which is yep. normally what a DC movie amounts to. But uh, <laughs> ten <laughs> points to Gryffindor. Uh, it's, it, it was just a weird. It was a weird way to, to title it, but I think that goes along with what they're trying to get through. Is the point of this movie is it's not your run of the mill, anti-hero, hero, hero, villain, anything. Like this is this is Harley being Harley with this new group of people. We're not gonna We're gonna subvert your expectations of what a hero, superhero movie should be. Um but I think that goes along to the title. They're like this is this is not don't don't going into this movie with too many expectations because they're probably not gonna be what you get in the movie. And so that should be apparent from the title.
4: If I I can't remember but if I can pretend to remember i think guardians week one when the original guardians dropped it did okay money but the word of mouth actually boosted it week two and they made more money on the second week
1: uh, sounds does right anybody, I that. does
4: anybody remember that
1: i'll look it up because um, everybody
4: was kind of hesitant with this uh this movie of heroes that they don't know um, it was the first kind of unknown property to come out from Marvel, um in, in the cinema. And I could almost remember like it doing better because everyone was like, Oh god, yeah.
1: But this, you know, they did do the they did do the the prison break scene release prior to the movie coming out so i mean yes because they they knew that they were up against that this is a property that most people aren't familiar with so to help word of mouth prior to the release they were doing the the screeners of the the prison break scene you went and you got like a poster and a pin i remember i went to it oh like, i don't it, remember, it was like no. a, there was like a uh yeah there's like a little like a a square poster, and then they did the same thing with the second one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you went in and you saw the the prison break scene, and this was your introduction to Guardians, and I, I think I talked about it on the show after I saw it. I was like, this 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 movie is going to be good. Um, so it was where they didn't do that with Harley. The only thing they did, or with Birds of Prey, the only thing they did was if you're a DCU uh, subscriber and you want to see the movie early and you live in these 30 cities, we'll, we'll let you do that. Uh, let's see, I don't see the week by week. Okay,
4: I mean, that's fine. I I could be wrong. I made it up probably, but... (laughs) Oh,
1: no, here we go. So... It opened on August 1st at 37. 37? In a row? Yep, in a row. No, I don't think that's right. Okay. No, no. Yeah, I don't think what you said was right.
4: Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would, you know.
1: Oh yeah. So that that first week it made 134 million dollars. Week two it made 63. Okay. So which film is this again? This is Guardians. Guardians,
4: Guardians okay. one.
3: Yeah. Well, but, uh, so the Guardians, though, who they had involved was really a big factor in its success, right? You know, like
1: he did what with andy
3: (laughs) well that's kind of the thing like parks and rec was a big show and there was a lot of press devoted to pointing out that he'd gotten fit you know what i mean and that like and the teasers accentuated how funny it was going to be the whole the the star lord who thing Mm -hmm. being in the very first trailer and then being such a small part of the film overall was huge for that film because it immediately set the tone of like yeah, nobody you get nobody the average person out there has no idea who these characters are and we know it. But by the end of this you're going to be fine with that. And so that's the, the thing I keep coming back to is like they should have done something similar with this film to get people to be like what is who are the birds of prey? Mm-hmm. Cuz just showing a trailer with Harley and then Huntress and Black Canary like we yeah. haven't seen a DCEU version of Huntress and Black Canary yet. Now they have been on the cW show, so anybody who watches those at least know who the characters are supposed to be in theory mm-hmm. but so that's the the big issue is like you're you're introducing a team film without doing the buildup they're kind of it's it was almost that problem that they had with Justice League you had the buildup films for Batman and superman but you didn't have anything for cyborg you didn't have anything for flash really or even aquaman like everything came after the fact so you and sorry wonder woman had her build up film so like (laughs) you were just dropped into this mix with like some characters that not everybody's gonna be super intimate with you know yeah Yeah. but you know no i was gonna say just couple that with the time of year and everything Mm -hmm. else it's i i don't think this movie's doomed no i think the the studio just needs to calm down and just Give it a chance it's the it,
0: first weekend and you fucking made your money back. Shut the fuck mm-hmm. up for a second.
1: Yeah. And again, I mean, when you look at the rotten tomatoes, the the audience score and, and the reviewer score, I mean, you, you know, you have a movie that people like, so yeah, give it, give it some time to percolate. Um, it is odd. I mean, when we talk about Deadpool, Um, I remember that being one of the, the strong things of that, that it's release weekend. We were like, Oh yeah, it's going to own the box office. It's got no choice because it's, it's fucking Deadpool and it's, it's releasing against frigging nobody. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think by that same token, they were looking at it like, yeah, this is, this is, this, this should be our, our, you know, our first week we should own. And then the second week we should go gangbusters for this month. Um, but it's, it's weird. You know, you, you brought up the, the part about, uh, Chris losing all the weight and and that that gets people thinking. You're like, oh man, let's see what what he looks like. And they made a big deal about it. It was all over entertainment tonight and 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 that stuff. And it's it's weird because then you that brings into discussion like the very real uh, bias because you know it should just be assumed that Harley is or that Margot Robbie is fit and any female in the movie is fit because you can't have that same you know you can't have that yeah. same selling point because right. it should be assumed it's that the females melissa and
3: mccarthy are... is harley and, it, it, and
1: yeah you know um well no shit there's a female in an action movie she better be hot and that's yeah, yeah. that's that's where we <laughs> are as a society shamefully um but well uh,
3: let's remember suicide squad was marketed off that strip scene in mm, the yes Virginia, Yep. You know I mean?
1: yeah like, uh
3: which was such. I'm sorry, that was a, on the tarmac. But like, yeah, that was such a cringy scene too. Like, I, I, Suicide Squad had its moments. I enjoyed parts of it, and I think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was one of the best parts of that film. But they definitely leaned into marketing off of her and her sexuality mm-hmm. and everything. And it's like, I do notice that the marketing for this film is trying to steer away from that, mm-hmm. and. I don't think that's a I don't think that's the wrong decision, but you kind of fucked yourselves a couple because of years. Because you did ago. it previously. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you sold her. You, you know, you like you, you sold her skin before, and now you're trying to downplay that part of it and it's like Yeah. Well the, the and people I people who showed up to see Margot Robbie as as sexy Harley Quinn are not going to be tantalized by these current trailers and stuff. So you're losing them. But the people who care about the characters and care about DC, especially the, the badass women of birds of prey, Mm. they will show up. So the word of mouth is going to be everything for this. And the fact that it's got good reviews on both critics and fans, uh, the fact that people are talking about it, the fact that award season is finally over. So people aren't focused on all these other films and stuff. Yeah. Cause you got to remember some of the, some of the Oscar films were, are still in theaters, you know, 1917 is still in theaters. I don't think the 1917 and birds of prey have a ton of overlap audience wise, mm-hmm. but you know, for a general audience who's like, I'm going to go see whatever's hot right now. There was a lot of stuff taking, sucking all the air out of the room leading up to now, now it has a chance. So it just needs to build I think Warner Brothers needs to double down on whatever marketing opportunities they have from the word of mouth and everything like that. Get people talking about it. Sir. Sorry, sorry, yeah. you were going to say some more, Chris?
1: Yeah, I don't remember now. <laughs> okay, it's gone. It last must not have been important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil, you got any sense to throw in on that?
4: No, I think everything was covered correctly, and uh, anything I'm going to say is just going to be misinformation. <laughs>
0: I mean, Warner Brothers is just dumb as shit. Yeah.
1: Oh, I remember what it was. It's it's about YouTube. I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people get, you know, movie reviews anymore off of YouTube. And, you know, as we've seen in the last few years on YouTube, hate is what sells. But that's the only thing that's really coming up in feeds right now is, oh, it's, you know, Harley or Birds of Prey is tanking at the movie theater. And this is why. And because they're not because Warner Brothers has chosen a different direction with this movie and they're not selling her skin that it's it doesn't validate what they're saying but it does throw into uh oh they're trying to send a message about feminism with this movie when that may not be what they're doing they're just like okay we're going to do something different that might not be the overt message that they're trying to send
3: um yeah part of my french but remember any film that doesn't have the women getting their tits out is feminist propaganda right mm-hmm.
1: yep but it's you know it and it gives sure. these guys traction to get their shit at the top of your feed yeah. and it's it's a shame because yeah, but
4: not everything in the world is made for for you
1: no, exactly. But, well, these, but these nobody, dudes, nobody understands that. First of all, that. that's, assume,
3: that's that. assuming these YouTubers care about representing anything that resembles truth because they care about clickbait and clicks. Yeah,
4: that's very but, true. I
3: mean, they, they, I, that the whole cottage industry of the dudes who make these because they did it with Star Wars, they do it with any controversy they can find. They just drum up all of this attention by getting all these clickbaity videos out there, and they they literally just make shit up. Yeah. The, Audrey said it earlier in the show, you know, there were, there was word of mouth that birds of prey had like this feminist message or something. And she's like, there, there was no preaching. There was no message in this. If anything, the big message was that you don't need your partner. You know, you're not reliant on somebody else to be someone to be, you know, who you are be the best you. Okay. I haven't seen the film yet. So I don't know how, you know, that's her interpretation. I don't know what my interpretation is going to be, but these dudes are manufacturing shit out of thin air, you know, yeah. and to get clicks.
1: They, they got this covered.
3: And but oh well, yeah, they definitely got this covered. <laughs> but the problem is that there's so many ignorant people who are on the internet like click, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. How dare women try to tell a story where they're not an object for my pleasure? Like
4: uh... i know i i I understand it it's it's bullshit but i still understand it i mean
3: it's frustrating i
4: i didn't like the new star wars movie Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's not good
3: why didn't you make 30 videos on youtube about how (laughs) kathleen kennedy you know sold star wars to the devil and
4: oh i was too busy crying into my pillow um (laughs) No, uh, Dennis but, isn't
1: that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
4: no, but yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I just, it's, it's very frustrating and there's nothing we can do about it.
0: Now I did see an interesting fact about the film that I didn't even think about is this is the only female driven hero film based in modern times. And the ones that listed was wonder woman, wonder woman, 84, um I'm blanking now. Captain but Marvel? Captain Marvel and I think there's one other. And they're all set in past times. This is the only female-driven superhero genre film with yes, yeah, a female-driven that's set currently. So that's interesting. That they that did is that. Really uh, Cuz
3: then you've got me thinking about stuff like uh, uh, what was the Charlize Theron
0: Black Widow was the other one i was thinking of, sorry.
3: Uh yeah. Atomic Blonde.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That was a graphic novel adaptation. That was also a a retro piece.
0: Yeah, Black Widow like, is gonna be a retro piece.
3: Uh, is it though? I don't think it is. No, it, it is. It's not disinquesting. It it, it, well, she she she's she's dead, dead.
0: She dead. Well, yeah. but it's it
3: doesn't seem like it's Okay, it's not
0: a comic blonde retro. It's not seventies, eighties, whatever that was.
3: Yeah, yeah I don't because there were er, there were talks about them doing going farther back at one point, but I think they they didn't do that. I think it's
4: isn't this the Budapest? Uh,
3: yeah, this seems like this was in between
0: Age of Ultron and Infinity War. Maybe that. Right? Yeah, maybe that's cool. I didn't. I didn't well, know but that.
1: then I mean, but then we'd have to consider, wouldn't we? Have to then consider Captain Marvel. I mean, to be somewhat contemporary, then because I they can't be. Well, no,
3: that's a that's a that's clear, like, an, like
1: Well, right, but that's we don't know how far back Budapest happened. I mean, that could be in the late nineties.
3: It's still. Oh not wait, see, wait. So, yes, that's Buddha. what I'm
1: saying. Captain Marvel was in the nineties. Is when that took place. It didn't take place in the. No, 80s. no, no,
3: no. I'm not talking about Captain Marvel. Okay. I'm, t- I'm thinking of uh, Black the Widow, Budapest thing. I was thinking that this. My impression it, okay, it from does. the trailer was that this was taking place in between when she goes on the run.
0: It is in the two-year oh, okay. gap between Captain America: Civil War and Avengers: Infinity War, according to. Okay. The oh, Birch. okay.
1: So they, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah.
0: Semi modern. But
3: yeah. it's, well, it's, but, it's it's contemporary, yeah, contemporary. to the storyline. It's just a little yeah. bit out of yeah. yeah out of
0: sequence. So we could toss that one out as a comparison. Well, I mean that one. This is a full continuation but, forward modern day mm-hmm. now storyline. But
3: it's interesting that that's the case. That they're they've all been retro pieces. That's kind of yeah. weird,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I think
3: it's I think that's just because Hollywood like swallows its own tail all the time. And it's like oh look what, look what they're doing. We're going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so last week we had a really great discussion a really great discussion about uh ips and and copyrights and a swan named emily uh, thank oh, that was a, uh, i'm gonna uh, let you go today because you know you're up in your ass today phil but it's all right i expect better honks next time
1: Because yeah. so, he's got Pornhub. Uh, i can see it reflected <laughs> Rick, <Pornhub. laughs> That wasn't a honk for Emily. That was a honk
3: because it's just, just his own Oh, Philip, it's really <laughs> but, awkward that you're watching that video about your stepfather.
0: Emily's <laughs> Emily, that's one named Emily, who is a great uh, artist. And she gave us a lot of references last week live on the show. She followed up through email. And I'll put the links here in our, our notes, guys uh to to let us know and this is the she said this first one is the five copyright rules for comic-con fan artists and of course we're not gonna run it down we're just gonna hit the the high points of it it's here's some tips for for doing it it actually puts in some of the copyright actual copyright stuff from the copyright act uh but the tips here one get written permission fan art can be an infringement but if you get written permission that, that literally solves everything if the artists themselves say yes you can do this number two is fair use where uh, it's, it's a lot of legal easier here but uh, fair use is is very fact specific so you need to consult an attorney but se is, is what we we're talking about being transformative right fair use can be uh, a parody or or transformative those kind of things but it's it's still a great area so you need to know what you're doing there number three commercial use may, make you a target. And that's the thing that making the money off of it, that's where people get all but heard hurt about it. Um and apparently uh in two thousand eight J.K. Rowling successfully stopped the Harry Potter lexicon, which was a fan made encyclopedia from being printed and sold. She didn't mind it being free online, but it was the being printed and sold part. Uh, yeah. And we went to a lot of arguments about that. This and we can talk about any of this, but that that
3: well, so, okay, th- that kind of touches on a little bit of what Kurt was saying as well last week. Uh, we talked about that after the show. Kurt kept saying, like, when we're talking about, like, downloads and stuff, It's it's theft. And in the simplest terms, it's theft. And he was also pointing out that these companies need to be seen as protecting their IP for precedent and everything else. They need to be seen as actively defending their intellectual property rights. This... Harry Potter example is a really good example of like just because there's not a product on the market today that you're trying you know the the niche that you're trying to fill with your fan art or your idea like your merch that you're going to make doesn't mean that the IP holder doesn't have something in the pipeline or isn't going to immediately be like well that's that's a great idea and everything but like now you've highlighted something that we should be doing with our IP so we're going to do it now and that's
0: and that's where I get the huffiness part of it is. Is like,
3: I get it, but it's no, no. They're the IP holder ultimately. You know yeah, what I mean? like yeah, yeah.
0: But there's a better way to handle it. Reach out to the people creating and, and be Ellen DeGeneres. Fucking be Ellen DeGeneres. She finds great people and highlights them and raises them up and does great things with them.
3: So we're gonna go. Paint pictures with George W. Bush, like huh. no, can't say Gee, I I'm sorry. No, uh, it was controversy from a couple of weeks
0: ago. If Ellen, if Ellen can do that, can't we all have a little bit more love in our hearts? If she can sleep uh, with the enemy, per se, yeah, I, mean, I was just saying. Fuck nothing off. wrong
4: with reaching over the aisle and trying to make friends.
0: Uh, anyway. Stop trying to hijack my show. These motherfucking politics on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> um and it does say if you do get a cease and desist letter, uh consult an attorney, make sure you're not you you are or not doing anything wrong. And most cease and desist letters are just that. It's like, hey, we know what you're doing. It's our I mean, We we actually covered a story, Paul. I think it's before Phil came on. So like, Paul and Chris, we it was a while back with a pop up uh bar for Stranger Things. Yeah. Right <laughs> and, and Netflix had a see, they handled it perfectly they didn't come my down article. with the band hammer what no you didn't you weren't even on the yeah. network at oh, the time fuck, fuck off phil <laughs> it was I chris 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 handled it it was fucking chris Stop. dude are you gonna let this motherfucker step on your story anyway doesn't matter <laughs> netflix handled it perfectly and they, they they were so creative that that's the only reason I, you're not wrong and that's a phrase I like better than you're right because we don't live in a simple world. So the rules are written simply. Not Well, they're not, they're kind of convoluted, but they're simply, oh, it's this, they own it. But we live in a complex world and there's better ways to handle it is all I'm saying. But there are some, some copyright rules there for you. Now well, this next one again.
3: Well, I was going to say, so that that's the thing, right? Like we live in a complex world. These copyright laws are complicated and, Every time we look at a big mega corporation like Disney or Netflix or whoever, you know, crushing the little guy beneath their th- gigantic thumb, you also have to consider that there are the flip sides where through loopholes in the law, there are firms or whatever that get away with infringing on rights. And especially the other thing is, these laws aren't like scaled. Like IP protections are not designed so that like oh well if you're if you produce x number of million dollars a year you're up in the executive scale where you get to just crush everybody you want but if you just wrote something you know in yeah. your spare time and, and self-published it oh well you get no protections under the law it the reality is that is kind of the case because like the person who just wrote something in their spare time and put their art out into the world doesn't have the resources to hire the team of lawyers and yeah. to crush every you know opposition in their path. But the point is, the laws are supposed are probably a little overzealous for a reason to protect anyone who holds IP legally, like to to, to protect you or me. If we, I mentioned it last week, you know, like Dennis. Genesis talked about writing a graphic novel. I believe he's moving forward with that, to my knowledge. And so there's going to be a point where he's going to potentially self-publish. And if somebody stole his character and then put it in another book or something, he should have the law protecting him and he should have a course of action, whether it be civil or criminal, you know, is another matter. But the law should cover him as much as it covers Disney or DC or whoever. But it's complicated. It's it's not always pleasant either, especially from a consumer standpoint. It's like really frustrating when some an IP holder has something that you want and they're just not willing to do what you perceive as the right thing with it. You know? Yeah. Uh,
0: and we talked about cons. And you're not wrong. We just went into it a lot last week, and I'm to hit the swan stuff here. Um, we, we, were, we were saying, well, I just see this at cons, this that, and the other. And this first part of this next article that she sent is how San Diego Comic-Con – Kind of handles it because it's a form letter. And I'm just going to read it. It's very short. Comic-Con takes the issue of copyright infringement very seriously. Exhibitors who violate copyright law run the risk of legal action, up to and including arrest and prosecution. Comic-Con does not knowingly allow the sale of unlicensed or copyright. Mm. You, you say you don't lie, but you know what's happening. Anyway, does not knowingly. They, they don't knowingly. <laughs> yeah. Mm, let, they don't approve of it. Allow the sale of unlicensed or copyright infringing merchandise, including art, book, music, videos, and other copyrighted materials. At our discretion, we will cooperate. We will, that's, see, that's the key word. We will cooperate with all law enforcement agencies, the MPAA, the RIA, and other copyright holders to enforce their copyrights. The, basically, that just says if they ha- if, if somebody comes and officially slaps you on the wrist or puts cuffs on you, they're not going to stop them. You know you weren't supposed to do it. Uh, if, you're on your, if you're unsure whether or not your material is you have his own license or otherwise illegal, we suggest you do not bring the items with you to Comic-Con. It's better to err on the safe side if you have any questions or require clarification, blah, 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 And then there's a big article addressing it. I didn't read the rest of it. I just read that. So we were talking about that, and San Diego Comic-Con is arguably America's largest Comic-Con, uh, maybe one of the largest in the world. I, I don't or know. I, don't, I, I hesitate to say, so it is the world. Okay. So you all you do... As a director, it takes three seconds to walk through your vendor hall, and you know there's IP infringement going on.
4: Well, no, it's not about that.
0: Well, I'm just saying that the phrasing no, is, we protect but, but ourselves. That's what it is. Ha-
4: it has to be. Yeah. Yes, I will buy you yeah. this case of beer, but if you get caught with it, I didn't buy it for you. Mm. That's exactly <laughs> what that is. Yeah. Yeah, they know what's going on. Of course, they know it's it's literally under the roof,
0: and that's and how the they IP make holders, millions.
3: Yeah, the IP holders know this as well. And it all. Emily was saying this last week. It depends who you are and what you're doing, how egregious it is. You know, like because a lot of these artists that you know, the artists that draw for DC or Marvel or have drawn for both. They get into this some really sketchy territory when you're like, yeah. "Oh, hey, Rob Liefeld, I want you to draw pouches for me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but you're not you, you're not doing Deadpool anymore, or he actually I think he is again, or whatever. You, you know what I mean? Though, like, there was a time when Rob Lief, Liefeld was not with Marvel. He yep. created Deadpool, but, but Marvel VIP exactly, and people yeah. were gonna ask him to do sketches and stuff, or they're gonna, ask, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna do them. And is Marvel going to say, dude, you can't draw that character you invented? If it came down to it, if he was manufacturing merchandise, they would. But yeah. at the cons, they're not going to say that. They so, understand that's so important to the culture.
4: I I personally, for Botched, work with an artist who has and still currently works at DC. And he does the con circuit. And when we go see him, shit, yeah, he's got things that he has... Uh, drawn in published books, hand sketch there. Mm. I mean, it's just it's part of the con work. People don't want people normally don't want original art. As you can see behind me, you know <laughs> these these are uh, Borderlands and, and Miyazaki beautiful art pieces, but they're not original from the artist. Right, Because that's what sells. You're an artist. You need to make fucking money. And you can have original content. Most certainly can. But sometimes you have to bring to the show what is going to sell. And it, it, it works in my industry as well. Look, I work a lot of off-site wine events, right? I love dry red wines. It's not... sell; It doesn't sell at, at an off-site event so i bring our sweet wine because i have to bring what the customer wants to them and then hopefully after that they can come to me and see everything else that i produce so it's it, it, it happens and it 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 needs to happen so that these artists can actually make some goddamn money
0: yeah swan is saying yeah 100% that and then the last article she sent was the story you were referencing, Chris, about Rob Granito, and it's a really good breakdown on everything that happened and the exposure and what he was doing, and uh, so yeah. So if anybody really wanted to dig into it about what happened and the details, because uh, Chris was referencing some of like that last night, this is this is, uh, um, I mean, he was legit knocking off. Other people's art and passing it on as they did this art and selling it, yeah yeah, and he yeah. you
1: you know <clears throat> change some aspect of the art and try to s- pass it off as his own. And I you could completely forgotten um reading through this about the uh dwayne Mcduffie part uh piece in this whole thing, um and Ethan going and him and Mark Wade going and yelling at him at a con, you know back when it was okay to root for Ethan van skyver, <laughs> but uh it's uh yeah, it's just a weird place to be ten years ago
0: yeah so there's that that's gonna be in our show notes and i want to thank swan for emailing me and and following up and thank you i mean you're for us you're the expert in this field you do the cons you make some of your living if not all of your living making art and doing these things at cons and so for you to have that insight and share it with us we appreciate you it's very cool all right he doesn't speak for me we got (laughs) paul how at this point have you not scored us a fucking Humble Bundle sponsorship?
3: I, I, we should really reach out. <laughs> we to
0: really that. need to. This is like, you're connected it. to the show, Charles. Oh, I quit. Get some money. Pay me <laughs> my like 10%. One,
3: it's like one. Let. Uh, well, I decided, I think I'm going to make this my little corner of the end of the show every week. Just kind of give you an update on what's going on with Humble. Uh, well, first thing to talk about is uh Humble Bundle is not the only place that you can go to get steam codes. If you're a PC gamer, on the super, super cheap. I've recently become aware of another site called Fanatical. Uh, However, the caveat to that is if you are an international customer, you want to be very careful at Fanatical because a lot of their codes are North America only. So don't don't go running over, Kilted, you and chat, don't go running over looking for hot PC games and end up sad because you grab a bunch of NA titles. Uh, But Fanatical does some crazy cheap bundles. They also do something that I'm not a big fan of, uh, they have mystery bundles where uh, I believe it's like seven bucks. You can get 10 different titles and one of them is guaranteed to be a AAA game. I've watched some people open them online, like on YouTube to check it out. I wanted to see what the mix was. Uh, the, if you do that, you're going to get a whole bunch of leisure shoot Larry, <laughs> like, the first five Leisure Shoot Larry, Leisure, God, I can't say, say that five times leisure fast. Leisure
0: Shoot Larry,
3: you're, you're going to get your, your digital prawn on. Uh, you're going to get like 18 copies of each one that's been released on Steam. So don't necessarily do that. But uh, one of the games that is in this month's Humble Choice uh, called The Hex, People were talking about it because the humble choice, for those who don't know, if you're a legacy customer like myself, classic subscriber, we get to pick 10 out of 12 games. And so a lot of people are like, well, what two do I leave off? And so some people were pointing out like, well, you can leave off the hex and then go buy the current indie hidden gems bundle over at Fanatical because it's 250 and the hex is one of the games in that. And so like they're like, oh, okay. if you really want to play the hex, you can go get it cheap. Uh, So I went over there. I did not get that bundle but I did jump on, uh, they had one for two bucks. Uh, I'm sorry. It was called the, the hidden gems bundle. The one I grabbed was all stars 12. The reason I grabbed it is because it had a couple of games. I was interested, uh, river city ransom underground yes, tomb of annihilation, uh, which is a and a board game. So for two bucks, I got those two games that I had been wanting to play for a while for basically a buck each. And I got a couple other games too. Uh, not really super worried about it but the point is there's tons of options for you if you're a pc gamer uh check out fanatical 2 if you're in north america they might still have some international codes i'm not always super sure humble continues to release interesting stuff uh they just released a polygon game dev bundle if you're somebody who's interested in game development uh that might be something that has some useful assets for you to put together your first project or if you're a uh uh, for example simkin in our chat teaches game design at a state university here in uh in new york he has students that might potentially benefit from this polygon game dev bundle they might get assets that they didn't otherwise have access to uh there's also a rpg bundle for uh fans of monty cook's work and uh the star trek idw comics are wrapping up and the lord of the rings books are wrapping up in the next couple days so you basically your last chance to grab both of those if you wanted them and uh the other big thing I wanted to shout out, I actually told the whole network, our network checker earlier today, Ubisoft has marked down the division two to $3 Holy shit. on the Ubisoft store. Uh, so what's, go- what's going on with that is they just released their new content uh, where they bring New York back into the game. So for those who didn't know, the division one was set in uh, New York City. In the middle of winter after a disease, a virus killed lots of people and, and threw the city into chaos. Corona. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um and so that that's the first one set in New York City in the wintertime. People loved it because it really captured the essence of the city for anybody who's spending a lot of time in New York. Uh the sequel went to Washington, DC. So like as a matter of fact, one of the one of the bases for the the good guys is literally the White House. which is kind of cool so they took you know washington dc and it's set in summer instead and they they turned it into a post-apocalyptic war zone and the game came out originally and had a lot of controversy because it had changed a lot of systems from the first game and was kind of like people were like it's fun for a while but when you got to the end game it wasn't fun anymore uh that said this new expansion is supposed to shore up a lot of those weaknesses and it's supposed to bring new york back into the fold how good the new stuff is i don't know but if you want to just give it a try three dollars is very low risk to jump in three dollars to jump in for a AAA title that came out a year ago yeah you know what i mean it's uh and i'll tell you that much like triple you know ubisoft puts out good games but the the games don't always have the legs to be something you're going to play all the way to completion but for three dollars you literally can't lose if you're a three fan of the genre
4: fucking dollars my coffee at starbucks daily is two point uh two dollars and 81 cents so uh yeah and i was you you remember i was hyped on this because i work in dc and mm-hmm. i love that games were based in dc so yeah uh fuck yeah
3: uh you, i even suggested uh you know we could talk about it off air too but i suggested maybe we check it out for Bromigo some fuck yeah it. uh do, do you know fun. when that sale's done uh, i believe it's running until march 10th Done? nope tomorrow yeah i would group it grab it as soon as possible just in case because you never know when something like that might just oops disappear yeah but it's it's a clear attempt now i'm gonna be honest it's a clear effort to get people to give the game a chance And then ultimately decide to buy the new content. My understanding, though, is the base game, which is what you get, comes with all of the year one content. Because they weren't charging for any of the DLC they released in year one. That was their big promise when they released uh, Division 2. So, check it out. Um, See if you like it. Warlords of New York is a new expansion, by the way. And so, Warlords of New York is coming on March 3rd. So yeah, it, it seems like this sale is going to run through then.
4: Yeah, uh, fuck yeah!
3: So jump on it, you know. And that's the thing: if you if you like the game, you have a couple of weeks. You have a little less than a month to play the game to get your level up and everything, get ready for endgame, if you will. And then when the new content comes out, you can transition right into it. So, so it's a crazy deal.
4: Um. I'll just throw out one as well. All com, um, Capcom games are on sale on Steam right now. I don't know how long the sale is going to to last for, but they're all on sale, including the newly released uh, Resident Evil Two remake. Sixty dollar game. It's down to nineteen ninety five. That's pretty good. That's a wonderful deal. And if I didn't have already two games in the slot for uh, Philip Scared Stupid, I would I would pick that up. But. Uh, it's over on Steam. I don't know how long, long it's going to last, but Capcom is known for great IPs from Street Fighter to Mega Man. So if that's your jam, get on Steam and check that out. But with the contention of me not knowing when when the actual sale is going to end.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> I just want to know. I just want to know how we come and play. That stupid fun game with you guys on Bromegos on Sunday nights.
4: Oh, you mean Ultimate Horse and Chicken?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, whatever. Somebody's like, "What are they playing on on there?" Like, I don't know, some chicken horse fucking game. I don't know what it is.
4: Yeah, it was. We were doing a. Uh, it was a farm sim, and we had to mate <laughs> two animals. Yeah. And we. Husbandry. Picked- A a chicken to get inseminated by a horse. It was exhilarating.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, so we got Ultimate Chicken Horse because it was in a Humble Bundle recently. Uh, It was the Sweet Farm Bundle from a few weeks ago that had Stardew Valley. The top tier was $10. You got Stardew Valley. You got Ultimate Chicken Horse. You got some other stuff. It was a crazy good deal. I told Phil and Kurt to get it for Ultimate Chicken Horse because people in the subreddit for Humble Bundle were talking about how that game is hilarious and fun to play. Like, it's an awesome game to stream or it's an awesome game to play couch co-op with your friends. And they were right. Like, those recommendations were right on the money. We had a blast on Sunday. We've got another game uh, that we we grabbed recently as well called Head Snatchers. It looks like it's kind of like Mario Party minigames esque and chaos like that. I don't know how good it is, but we might play that at some point too. Uh, so yeah Ultimate Chicken Horse is definitely worth the grab if you see it on sale or something because it was a riot. We had we were laughing so hard all night. All night. Like it was crazy.
4: <laughs> so so I'll I'll say Paul you don't know this but I put the I put that in the, the botched discord that we're playing ultimate chicken horse. And a couple of people were like, Oh boy, can't wait to watch you guys argue all night. And, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't, they couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, I had, I had such a good time that I I can't wait for Sunday because of how much fun I had. You know, okay, we're playing cooperative to get these boxes, but then, then Kurt's throwing black holes at the front <laughs> yeah. just to fuck everyone over. Yeah, you no, know, it was it was so much fun, and if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, the the VODs should still be up on here on the Twitch page, and and surely uh, enjoy it because it was a lot of fun and it was a wonderful night
0: that that kind of thing is awesome and if you want more awesome stuff like that right here on gsu media we need your support twitch.tv forward slash gsu media show us as biddies and throw us some support you know you can cheer you can subscribe uh there's all kind of things that can go on and we could use your help and patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel for this show specifically and uh yeah and you know what honestly if you, you don't want to put support on twitch but you still want to support ramigos just go over to btp most of the people who are there are here and we'll split it up it'll be fine uh but yeah we need to help get, get your help uh to make more great content like this you support us we'll, we'll keep entertaining you and from all accounts i mean every account that was one of the best ramigos that's happened in a very long time and I mean you guys just, just the crowd loved it. And is it's crowd participation. The crowd gets to help vote for how you either succeed or get fucked over. And that's that's what I wanna talk Aaron into to Sunday night, tuning in so we can fuck you guys over a little bit and have a lot of fun. <laughs> it's there.
4: fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: So uh definitely do that. Chris, where can they find you on the web, man?
1: Like find me over on Twitter, Instagram, and a few other places in all things wisdom in one way, shape or form, either, you know, an N or an N or Wisdom, all things of some sort. How about on Twitch soon, right? right? Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no, no. do <No, laughs> d- dumb dick. Plug your goddamn Twitch. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know.
0: We'll see. Oh, we'll God see. damn it. I'll come play with you, Chris. We'll <laughs> play, yeah, I'm sure you we'll would. Play you won't ed- ed- even ed- invite
1: ed- me on your show. I doubt you're going to come. We're play. almost there. <laughs> <in>, we're almost
0: <laughs> in. We're <laughs> in game. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're
1: close to game.
0: We're close to game. Phil, where can they find you?
4: Well, if you're looking at the Twitch stream, you can find me over at Audrey Kearns. But I'm not going to use this time to promote myself. I'm going to use this time to promote a friend of mine and the network, Rob McAllen. He is a director, documentarian, wonderful person, and uh, recently was on Toy Power to promote his new Kickstarter, Action Figure Adventure. Um, This Kickstarter is under the 24-hour... Mark, and they are ninety nine dollars away from hitting their 10000 ten um, thousand $10, uh, dollar stretch goal, which which is great. Um, I, I wish um, since the podcast can't do this, but the live chat can. If you care about collecting, uh, especially action figures, or Want to see, see somebody collect and then auction off action figures for a good cause? All the money that they make through these auctions, they go to children's hospitals. Support this uh, this Kickstarter. Guys are great. If you haven't listened to the the, the Toy Power episode yet, you should. It's wonderful. Um, I just I want to spend this time to try to push them over that 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 ten thousand dollar mark because it's it's all for a good cause. Uh- and, a yeah. hell of a hell of a goddamn filmmaker. And uh, you know, it, it's it's just it's just how it is. And since he's a new friend for the network, um, I'm really trying to just make that last effort push to see if he can get, can get to ten thousand dollars. So tiny dot cc slash a fig.
0: Hey, oh, action figure. I was like why is he talking about fruit? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, where, where, can, where can they find you on the web
3: you can find me on twitch and twitter at soapbox gstu uh tomorrow evening i should be i should be streaming i think i'm gonna play some Bloodstained. uh i said i think on sunday night that i would probably play it tuesday but i ended up playing minecraft when Nicole on the colon stream instead uh but yeah we're going oh boy Oof. yeah minecraft we we had a oopsie that i'll tell i'll save for the post show uh for anybody who's a patron you'll get to catch that on the other side but um yeah we uh we played last night so bloodstain probably tomorrow night i think i'm getting close to the end of the game uh i don't know for sure but i know i've got most of the map unlocked so i think i'm coming to the end um i'm loving that game it's really fun Uh, i think i'm going to change things up next week and play some different stuff all together so uh yeah catch that uh please check out crash test pilots uh Plugged this Sunday night. We just recorded our first episode with a guest, and it was with Smashy from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, and it was so fun. We covered Lucifer. It was amazing. Uh, oh, it was, yep, yeah, one of my favorite things uh, that we've done on that show so far. I mean, we Nicole and I have had some great episodes by ourselves, but we were nervous about having our first guest on, and ironically. <laughs> she was also nervous about being on our show <laughs> and so like we we're everybody was nervous and excited at the same time but it came out great we had a lot of fun it, there's some really funny moments too uh steven her co-host from horseshoes and hand grenades was laughing at at some of the the quips and yeah please check that out crash test pilots uh we appreciate you do you know
4: that you and bill both released an episode of smashy uh-huh. this
0: week yeah, really? I didn't. Back, know that. Yeah, back. she was on 143
4: yeah. pixels, and awesome. uh, you're both both your episodes dropped at the same week. Which wow, was...
1: the best plug we can give horseshoes and hand grenades is that Smashy really gets
0: around.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, but they already know that. Find, find I mean, she's on... right. <laughs> wow, well, Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say
0: find her on Twitter at yeah. Prego <laughs> That's her channel right now. So yeah, uh, I'm got podcasting all across social media. All kind of stuff going on there. So just just, uh, gsu.net. Go there. Find all the awesome shows and everything going on. And uh, maybe next week I have a cool announcement uh, to put on the show. But until next time, tune in to hear Chris Wisdom say.
1: I'm out. Fuck off, man. Tune in next
0: (laughs) time. (laughs) Tune in next time to hear Philip Keating say.
1: He doesn't have either.
0: i am show out. I don't know what Kanye kind of is. Are you got ready for Twitch? Don't follow me there. I don't need 50
4: followers to get to affiliation. Oh, oh don't follow me. You
5: bitch. <laughs>